What's going on, guys? It's me, Stephen Bagel, aka the NB Bagel, your mom's favorite podcast. With me, back by popular demand, everyone's favorite semi co host. She guest appearances enough. Alexa Kaiser. Alexa, how are we doing today? I'm good. How are you? Ella just popped in too. Ella, what's up? So, Ella's our dog, by the way. <laughs> so, before we get into things, I broke down the trade deadline on my other podcast, Bird Rights with the Sports Ethos Network. We're going to be doing something similar to that. I'm not going to go as front office as I did on that episode, but I do want to hit on almost every trade we talked about, or every trade that happened. Stephen puts me on the podcast and doesn't tell me what we're going to talk about what do you think until we're talking about? right now. I don't know. I mean, I figured it would be something along the lines of that. So you're smart enough to put it together. Yeah, but just letting everyone know, I just found out what you did. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. Lillard And the Blazers win the series. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over. The Bulls. Curry. Way down to. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry. James catches. Puts up the three. So, James Harden is a Philadelphia 76er. I, I'm not, we're going to get into it when we get to that trade, but what are your initial thoughts? On the whole deadline? On Harden. On Harden? Being a Sixer. I think Again, we're going to get into it, so you okay. don't need to go in depth. I feel like we've been talking about... Um, ben Simmons for so long on this podcast that I can't stand saying his name anymore that I don't know I feel like I'm almost more excited that he's gone and I feel like you can probably agree that I feel like the Harden thing hasn't hit yet as much yeah yeah I still don't think the whole Harden thing hit me but okay we're, we're gonna get more into this so I don't wanna you know start with the biggest move of the day so let's start with the Trailblazers and the Clippers game or trade that we saw about a week before the deadline. Robert Covington and Norman Powell go to the Clippers for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and Detroit's 2025 seconds. Do we have any initial thoughts? Other than Trailblazers suck. I have no thoughts. <laughs> I think since somebody has to talk, again, this was a salary dump for the Trailblazers. Yeah. They just signed Norm Powell to five years, $90 million, and clearly the interim GM who took over had buyer's remorse. Covington's a free agent this summer, so you knew they were going to trade him. But, I mean, they, they didn't really get anything in return. Eric Bledsoe, no, he's not even in the rotation. They might buy him out. Justice Winslow's playing well, and Keon Johnson was just a first-round pick. College teammates with Jaden Springer, everyone's favorite Sixers rookie. So... Yeah, I mean, as I said, it was mostly a salary dump. and But if you're Damian but Lillard... That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. What's, what's the point? Again, there's subsequent trades. We saw CJ McCollum getting traded. Yeah. We saw them dump off Nikhil Alexander-Walk, who they got in the CJ McCollum trade. We'll talk about those. 
But like now that you've seen the final product of the Trailblazers, yes, I understand the three and is the deadline, but they have freaking nobody. So how do you, yes, you have financial flexibility and that's great and all, but if you're Damian Lillard, like what, what, what's going through your head right now? If I'm Damian Lillard, apparently I sold my soul to the Trailblazers and I don't care about winning and it is what it is. That's what he said. He doesn't care. So you think he's just going to keep sticking around? Apparently he's truly committed there. I don't think that's the truth. I think he's very careful with his words and every time he says something, he'll say something like, I love the fans here or I love, I love the team. Like, I don't know. Or he says like, I have no plans to leave. Like he seems very thought out with his words that I feel like he is going to come out and say he doesn't want to be there. But who knows? If he wants to be there, then I don't want him on our team. I don't think any team would want him because he doesn't want to win. Honestly, it's not that he wants to win. I mean, Damian Lillard, he he has that fire. You could see. But I think it's okay to be committed to your team and your fan base. But you're in the NBA. Most people don't get a shot to play in the NBA. Your job is to win. And, like... I don't know. I just feel like if I'm on a team that has zero shot of winning, why am I going to stay there? Mm-hmm. I know that people kind of talk down about people that, like, not ring chase, but, like, go to super teams and things like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. That's why I've defended KG with going to Golden State, because I feel like you have a job and you want to win. Situation was pretty bad, <laughs> but that's how I feel. I don't think that you should be putting the fan base first. Okay. Well, we're going to talk more about the Trailblazers because they made subsequent trades, so I don't want to cut you off. But, again, we'll talk about it. The one initial thing that ran through my head, though, after this trade was completed was that the Clippers might be the total favorites next year. If they could re-sign Covington, they have Norm Powell. And Norm Powell Powell is very good in, like, the switch-heavy scheme because of how husky he is and his weight for his size and everything. And he thrived that in Toronto. The Clippers run a similar system. But Robert Covington, meanwhile, is a weak on-ball defender, but a great team defender. Yeah. So pairing him with two great on-ball defenders like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Yeah, it's scary. I think the Clippers next year, when Kawhi and Paul George are back, will be favorites to win the championship next year. They have like the perfect mix of offense and defense too on that team. Yeah, and Ty Lue is a phenomenal coach. Yeah, I agree with you there. Okay, the next trade we saw was the Pacers acquire Caris LeVert and a 2022 second via Miami, so not a very good second-round pick, to the Cavs for Ricky Rubio. His basically his bird race. He's out for the year. A 2022 first that's lottery protected from Cleveland. Houston's 2022 second. Houston has the third world record in the league, so that's an early second, so basically a late first. And a 2027 20, second from Utah. So... I think the Pacers did really well on this. They wanted a first-round pick for LeVert. They got almost two. Plus, Rubio's bird rights. If you sign and trade him somewhere else, you could get even more and expand this trade. But what what do we think of the Cavs LeVert fit on the Cavs? What did you say Ricky Rubio was? I said you have his bird rights. Speaking of bird rights, everyone should check out Sports Ethos Bird Rights Podcast. I said that in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> um... I really like Karis Chris, uh, Chris LeVert. 
And I think it's exciting to see him on the Cavs. <sighs> Who would have thought you'd say that in the beginning? I know. I know. That's why I was, like, stressed. Because, well, excited. once they lost Rubio. I had to, like, think about it. Once they saying. lost Rubio, they didn't really have that ball handler coming off the bench. So he could be, like, that second unit ball handler that the kind of stretchers on Rondo did being recently. I mean, I think it's a little weird because I feel like they have a lot of guys that do this a similar thing on the Cavs. Yeah, but, but they have so many big men. I feel like they're doing more of big man stuff. Yeah, but I think it's, I mean, they're doing really well this year. I don't know if I'm. I think, I don't know. I think I don't, this year's next. I think or next they year they'll come back down more to earth. But I think where they might be a little bit different. Yeah, I agree with that. That they'll come down to earth next year. I think they're still be good. I think. I think it's legit to an extent. I mean, I think the individual players there are legit. Um, like they're young guys on the team. I think they've proven to be super legit, and I feel like the Knicks, like, I think it was more of a fluke mixed with like the organization not being the best either. Yeah, Still, which mean, is crazy. But not only the Knicks have one All Star, Julius Randle obviously had a career year last year. At least the Cavs have two guys who made the All Star exactly. team, so it's less of a fluke. In addition, you have the rookie of the year favorite Evan Mobley. Who's yeah, only exactly. Get That's what I agree with too. I just think it's a fluke that they're winning as many games as they are right now. Like they have the second best point differential in the East, so like they're like winning too. I know. Yeah. But I just, that's my point. I feel like they're good, but they shouldn't be this level of good. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Like, they shouldn't be, yeah. But I think LeVert, you know, he makes them even that more legit. Oh, I totally agree with that. I think he's a great player, and he's phenomenal. Okay, the next trade we saw was the Trailblazers trading CJ McCollum, Larry Ann Jr., and Tony Snell to the Pelicans for Josh Hart, Tomas Sadaransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, D.D. Luzada, a, a pretty interesting 22 first round pick that's protected one to four and 15 and 14 to 30. So basically if it falls within picks five and 14, they get it mm-hmm. right now it would be pick nine. So the trailblazers, you know, they're not good. The Pelicans, even with CJ McCollum probably still will make the playoffs. Cause I can't imagine them beating the Clippers or the Lakers in a playing game. Oh, and two second round picks. But I mean, all of a sudden the trailblazers, yes, they, tore it down to the studs outside of Dame, but they might have two lottery picks all of a sudden with the flexibility, the cap flexibility. I, I don't know. I, I feel Is like the showbiz are... Are there picks in this year's draft, though? They're both this year. So and if it this falls year's within... draft is supposed to be really strong, right? It reminds, me, it reminds me of the LaMelo Anthony Edwards draft class where there's not really any star studs at the top, like no like franchise altering talents. Mm-hmm. But it's deep. Like, you'll find guys in the second round. So, I, yes, it's deeper. It's it's okay, but there's so no So, potentially, if they get two guys, if they get two, the team. If they get two Franz Wagners to pair with Dame and Anthony Simons but and like, Nurchik. But, but again, Dame's 31. Like, these rookies going to take years to develop. And also, why does Dame want to deal with that? Like, they're... And everyone's talking, oh, the Blazers have all this cap flexibility. Now, Blazers won the tax before the power mm-hmm. coming to move. Now, I believe they could make up to $40 million in cap space, but that's only if you let Anthony Simons and Nurchuk walk. They traded CJ. They're, they're keeping Anthony Simons. So his cap holds $11 million, And then Nurchuk, I imagine, they're keeping because he was Dame's best man in his wedding. I, so I imagine- don't know why they don't trade Dame and build the team around Anthony Simons the way he's played. 
And, and, and they have two lottery or, picks. Yeah, right? or these picks. Like, and all the picks just, you get for Dane. I understand that they have this like relationship and connection with Dane, but I feel like it, it should be like a no-brainer for their organization organization like rebuild it's right in front of you you have you can do it yeah uh, i just i i don't know and like again people saying oh my god the cap space seems like all cap space it's only if they're nurturing simon's walk which i can't imagine them doing and they imagine they, they, have they, inc- they have incentive to operate over as an over the cap team in the playoffs because they have that 20 million dollar trade exception they got in this trade to acquire a guy like Jeremy Grant. So maybe you flip that Pelicans pick that's going to be 9 or 10 in the draft. Flip that for Jeremy Grant, which is a pretty high pick for Jeremy Grant. Yeah, that is he, not But high. I'm just using that as an example. Put him into that trade exception. And if they stay as an over-the-cap team, they could use a full mid-level exception. So they probably are better off not having right. cap space. My whole thing is, even if you do all of that, you're not going to win. And they have Josh Hogg. Who they as non guarantee, so they pick up him. They have Dane, Josh Hall, two lottery. But picks, you're better than Simon Snowchick. What are you the, gonna do? Playing against the Clippers, the it's the I was gonna say the Clippers, the, the, the Grizz- Lakers, get the their Grizzlies, stuff the Warriors, Grizzly, the Suns. Yeah. It's the West still. I know the East is better than the West this year. But like, what do you do? Like, you still aren't good. If Dane starts playing more like himself, yeah, they'd obviously do a lot better. But it just it doesn't give you that. Big enough push forward, I feel like. Yeah, I, I don't know if that seems better than the team they started with. It's just a cheaper version of this. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. The biggest, like, head-scratching what-the-fuck moment we've seen. Oh, my God, it feels so good to oh, curse yeah. on the podcast again. Um, I, I don't curse on my other podcast. But you guys would know that because you listen. Now our dog's okay. choking. She's choking. Anyway. She's throwing up from this trade. It's that bad. It is that bad. The Kings are going to Kangs. They traded Tyrese Halliburton, and Buddy Hilda, Tristan Thompson for DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and 2027 20, seconds. <laughs> <laughs> is the Kings' best draft picks since Boogie Cousins. Um, he came out with the players in the player tribune the other day saying... I wanted to be Dirk Nowitzki. I wanted to be on the same team my whole career. I wanted to be the guy to turn the Kings around, essentially. We know they haven't made the playoffs. In 15 years, it's tied for the longest playoff drought ever. Mm-hmm. They'll set the record this year if they miss the playoffs again. Mm-hmm. And they're so desperate not to miss the playoffs again. They changed a franchise-altering building block for DeMontis Sabonis, who I'm not disparaging Sabonis at all. I think he's one of the better – he's a top – Six big man in the league. Like why? But like I'm not a GM. Clearly, I like that's not my job. That's not what I do. But like I just I don't know. And I think what bothers me even more about that is it's not just one person making the trade. Like this had to be in a room with multiple people that were like, yeah, that's a good idea. So multiple people are agreeing and saying this is a good move for the team. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't make sense if it was De'Aaron Fox or Sabonis. Yeah, Sabonis. I fully agree. He's on a very reasonable number. He's making nineteen point eight million dollars, I think, the next two years. So it's a good contract. But Halliburton's making ten million combined. My question is, do you think they could have gotten it done with De'Aaron Fox for Sabonis? Some iteration of it, yes. I think so too. They probably would have had to give him a first round pick. And I feel like it would make more sense for the Kings too, because, and we talked about this off the podcast before. Like, De'Aaron Fox is good, but clearly he's not working for what the team needs. And that this whole building around him and everything isn't working. So get rid of him, 
bring in Sabonis, do whatever that takes. Then you have Sabonis and Halliburton, Halliburton together. Why wouldn't you do that? Because the Kings are going to Kangs. I don't know. Is the Sabonis? I get wanting to make the playoffs this year when Portland's currently in the play and eleven games under five hundred. Sabonis doesn't change. It Does Sabonis change. make you that much better than Halliburton did? No. Like Sabonis is get two time All Star, but Halliburton is that good. Yeah, I I don't know, and I like Halliburton is one of like top five young assets in the league. Well, I think what was even funnier about this is after the trade, when you hear all these other team reports saying like, I would have traded for Halliburton and every other team. Oh, if that's all we had to do. And I feel bad for Sabonis. Like, that sucks. Because I feel like he's hearing these reports saying, oh, all they got was Sabonis. But it's like, it's just, I feel like knowing where the Kings are at, which made it look so poor to just get Sabonis, you know? Yeah, like, Halliburton is the type of guy you trade for, like, a superstar. Yeah. Not not just a two kills a dog <laughs> again. Yeah, see, she's still sick from this trade. She's still sick from this trade. Ellie, but the Sixers didn't do it, so it's fine. Okay. Then what are, how are the Kings doing since that trade? I think they're one and two. Okay. Oh, no, they're two and one, excuse me, because they were two and oh, then they lost. Playoff now. Playing, bro. <laughs> okay. They're gonna win the final. The next trade, <laughs> the next trade, I really have like nothing to say about it. I'm just, I'm trying to be thorough. The Jazz received Nikhil Alexander Walker and Juancho Ona Gomez. The Trailblazers <laughs> received Joe Ingles is out for the year. Elijah Hughes and a 2027 20, seconds, and the Spurs received Tomas Sadoransky in 2022 seconds. So basically, I'm surprised because I knew the Jazz were going to trade Joe Ingles. But Jesus, Ella. <laughs> oh my God. What's bothering you? The Jazz, I knew we're going to trade Joe Ingles, but I'm surprised they got that little, like, in return. Like, I know they didn't pull with the first round pick or anything. But, like, I, I don't know. I just thought the Jazz were going to do something splashy. So, I don't have much to add. Do you have anything to say about this one or no? I don't. No. Okay. Next trade, same thing. I don't have much to talk about. The Thunder took KZ Akpala off the Heat's hands. The Heat received a 2026 second-round pick, and their 2023 first-round pick is now the 2025 first-round pick they owe to OKC. So for Miami, it just opens up flexibility to be able to trade an extra pick because of the staping rule, where you can't trade consecutive first-round picks. Mm-hmm. But that Miami 2025 first might be good for OKC. It's unprotected. Jimmy Butler's going to be 35 years old. You're saying that. Kyle Lowry might be retired. has nothing. But, like, OKC has a potentially another great pick in the treasure trove. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. Like, they have everything. Good for that. Who did the process better? The Thunder or the Sixers? The Thunder? And no one cares. And they're not getting in trouble for it. Because Adam Silver hates us. Literally. I can't believe Harden's on the team. I feel like Adam Silver was going to be like, nope. Oh, I'm sure he'll investigate us for tampering and then... Oh, we're definitely getting fined. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, obviously they tampered. He said he wanted to be here. Okay. I guess we still could have tampered with them anyway. (laughs) Why did he want to be here? Because they were tampering. (laughs) Okay. The first trade we saw of... Adam, I know nothing about this. They weren't tampering. Sources tell me they did not tamper. 
Day fucking two. <laughs> the first trade we saw deadline day was a four-teamer. The Kings got Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. The Pistons got Marvin Bagley. The Bucks got Sergi Barker and two second-round picks. And the Clippers got Sammy Ojale and Rodney Hood. So a few things I have to say about this. Okay. Good on the Kings for getting value from Marvin Bagley. Because I know DiVincenzo's been hurt all year. And he's coming out for major injury. But I, I think DiVincenzo is good. The fact that they were able to get any sort of value from Marvin Bagley is pretty... I know the Kings, we were just bashing the front office for trading Halliburton. Yeah. But good on them for being able to get DiVincenzo from Marvin Bagley. I agree with that. I just... <laughs> I don't know. I the know second thing is... I'm surprised the Bucks were going to give... I, I knew they were going to trade DiVincenzo. On the Bird Rights podcast, DiVincenzo was one of my 10 hard names to look at at the deadline yeah. to be a lock to be traded. So I knew DiVincenzo was going to be traded. I'm just surprised. Yes, they got two seconds, but I, I'm surprised it was for Suji Baca. Like, I think they'd be able to get better than that. I agree, and I feel like it's a weird move to make, too, because where, where are the Bucks? I know that the, the it's all one through like, five are all within two games of each other. But I feel the like Bucks are the, four the right now. Bucks the past two, not three years, two years have had the best record in the East. Three years. Is it three? Yeah. I just, I feel like in comparison to- Well, last year we were the one seed, but I, I, I know what you're saying. Like, you know, like, I just feel like they're not doing as well as they were in the past few years. And I just think that's a weird trade to make because clearly your trade is supposed to push you forward and make you better. And I just don't think that does. I feel like it doesn't make them well, worse. I don't think it really does too well, much. Well, Brooke Lopez- But, yeah. Brooke Lopez is potentially out for a year. He has, he played in the season open, hasn't played since. They, yeah. needed, they needed a third big with Giannis and Bobby Portis. Yeah. I just don't know. Ibaka just looks so washed. And again, if you could go back to that 3 and T big man that he was in Toronto like, or even last year. anyone else he could have, they could have gotten? I do. That's why in my article, which you guys should read on Sports Ethos' website, I gave the Bucks a C-. minus. Yeah. So, I think that's a fair grade for them because... Like, they got what they needed, but they didn't get the correct guy. Yes. That's the perfect... Yeah. And the box had increased the luxury tax bill by like over six million dollars. So is, is, is he, they 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 think that highly of Ibaka, apparently. Ibaka is great against Embiid. The Pistons had to give up two second round picks that went to the box for Marvin Bagley, which I feel like that's a lot for Marvin Bagley. The Pistons keep doing this thing where they're trying to make a reclamation project out of a former top pick guy. They did it with Dennis Smith Jr. They did it with Joel Okafor. They did it with Josh Jackson. And Detroit's not like. You know what, though? I, and now they're doing it with Marvin Bagley. I feel like they're bound to hit on someone. I mean, if you keep getting top over all guys. Yeah, like, I feel like you're bound to hit, but I feel like it could take forever. But when you're a tanking team, they're not in a position, you know, give two second off picks. No. They want great picks. Maybe the Sacramento 2024 pick is good. But oh my god, they have some bonus now, so don't tell it yet. Don't tell I'll it. I'll trade for every Kings pack just because I, I never trust them to ever be good. Ever. I used to call them the dumb fucking sons when I was the dumb fucking Kings. And last thing I'll say about this trade, the Clippers, I gave them an A minus because basically they took on Sammy Ojala and Rodney Hood for Sergi Baca. That saved them the $19 million luxury tax increase that they had from the Norman Powell and Covington trade. And some. So they ended up getting Norman Powell and Covington for Ibaka, basically, and save money overall, which is astonishing. That's crazy. Like, they got better and they got cheaper. 
Love to see that. The Raptors and Spurs trade. The Raptors received Thaddeus Young, Drew Eubanks, who they cut, and Detroit's 2022 20, second. So Detroit has the worst record in the league right now. So that's the first pick in the second round. So basically, same thing on the late first round pick. Mm-hmm. The Spurs get Goran Dragic, who they bought out, and a 2022 first round pick, lottery protected from Toronto. So basically, what Toronto did is Toronto's picks 19 right now, and Detroit's 31. Toronto moved down 12 spots to get Thaddeus Young for nothing. Because Goran Dragic wasn't playing, they were going to buy him out. It's like Thaddeus Young fits what the Raptors do as like a guy between 6'6 six, six to 6'9 six, that could pass, he has length. I just He's like, tall, don't really long. have an opinion. It's kind of like. I don't know. It's just, it, it's weird that you're going to move down 12 spots in the draft with Thaddeus Young. Who was probably going to get bought out if he wasn't traded, by the way. Mm-hmm. But, okay. I, I'm sorry, I just like yeah. don't have anything to say. The next trade, I'm not even going to say anything about it. It was the salary dump to get on luxury tax. PJ Dojo and Bol Bol going to the Magic, basically as a salary dump. The Magic said they're all keeping Bol Bol, and he's everything... That the Magic envision. The Magic's front office is the same one that drafted Giannis. They love those tall, long, handsome guys. Football is so cool to watch. Like, he's so So, um, cool. I want to see a line with Bobo and, and um, Mo Bamba together. That's yeah. what I want to see. Yeah. Bobo's unfortunately out for the year, though. But he's, just, he's so talented. It's just, like, it really is a shame that he doesn't play. I would love to see him play. I think he could be really good. Well, the Magic might be able to develop him if they if he's sticking around long term. Yeah. Okay. This is the one that's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. The Nets trade James Harden to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, an unprotected 2022 first that can be deferred to 2023, and a 2027 first that's top eight protected. So as a Sixers fan, you can't give up any draft picks whatsoever. Like... That's it. In addition to that, actually, you can't, if they don't defer the 2023 first, then next year we could trade one first. But anyway, you gave up Seth Curry, you gave up Ben Simms, who, thank God, and you gave up your backup center on Andre Drummond. So, what do we think? I mean, is it what you anticipated for James Harden, or? Well, I feel like anticipated for James Harden. Like, what other teams were there really rumors about? The one. It was. It was weird. Like, isn't that strange? Uh, That's why I thought the Sixers gave up a bit too much because I feel like the Sixers had all the leverage. Harden text FaceTime the GM Thursday morning saying, "I want to be in Philly." Isn't that really weird though? That like there was nothing else. Like, I feel like for a guy like that, like there should be like other like, rumors, and there was nothing. So I feel like saying, is this what you pictured for James Harden? Like, honestly, I pictured more because... Well, initially, when yes. we were going in from Houston, yeah. we were going to give up Ben, who had more trade value at the time, before the Hawks yeah, absolutely. Series. Ben Simmons with higher trade value, Matisse, Maxi, Who had a lower value. Oh, yeah. But- Matisse and Maxi probably both had a lower value at the time. The yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, Maxi definitely. Matisse yeah. probably about the same. Yeah. And then three first and three swaps. Yeah. Instead, it's this. And I feel like the other thing that you have to look at with this trade, too, is what other, like, big all-stars that have been traded, what they've gone for. Which I is way like, more than this. I feel like this is nothing. Like, Ben Simmons 
it's difficult to talk about him because I really don't like him, but I can respect his talent that he does have and the type of player he is. And I think he's a perfect fit in the net for the net. I really think he's going to help them a lot. And I think Seth Curry and Drummond, it's kind of like, I don't know. Seth Curry's really good. Drummond does his job, but it's just, it's crazy to me that like, this is what we traded for James Harden, especially because for so long there were rumors that we couldn't get anything for Ben Simmons. Think of yeah, all people were saying rumors. Ben Simmons was the worst contract in the NBA, Think of all which was never true. Rumors that were about him, and Daryl just held out. Yeah, everyone said Daryl Morey's wasting a year of Embiid's prime. He's not going to get anything. Blah blah blah. Daryl said, "I'm holding out for one of these twenty-five thousand dollars, and we got one of them." And I do think the worst part about the trade is that Ben Simmons is going to the Nets because their team is scary. If their team can get vaccinated vaccinated and work out all of their issues, because I feel like judging from the press conference, it didn't sound like Harden had any bad blood with Kyrie. It sounded like it was with Steve Nash and KD. I just, I don't know. I said this before with the Nets. You can chat, you can fact check me from previous pods. I said when Harden originally went there and when they started their big three, they're going to implode. And that's exactly what happened already. And I just feel like Ben Simmons makes it even worse. Like, I really think it's even worse. Yay. Carmel stuff's coming here. Um, I feel like it's even worse than before. I don't think Steve Nash can handle it. I don't think he can coach because he has all the pieces there. And I feel like... They just like, came off an 11-game losing streak. Which, like, which, to be fair, KD was yeah. out. Kyrie only played half the games and Harden was out. I just feel like if they get nowhere with this team that they have now, what is their starting lineup? Ben, like healthy? Healthy. Ben, Kyrie. Ben, Kyrie, KD. Seth Curry, and then either Drummond or um, Aldridge. That's crazy. That's, like, so crazy. And I just think if they aren't winning still, then Steve Nash has to go, and they're going to implode again. But they could potentially win it all (laughs) at the same time. That's my biggest thing. My biggest thing with that I'm worried about with the Nets is when they have to play Patty Mills and Seth Curry together just because of how small the backcourt it is. But you have the most versatile defender in the league with Ben Simmons in that lineup, presumably. So, Is Ben Simmons going to play point? Or what are they doing? I actually wrote about that in my article. I said Ben's in a weird spot because at home games, he's going to have to be the point guard and primary initiator because Kyrie can't play. Then in real games, he's going to be Draymond Green. Well, well, Draymond handles the ball mo- a lot from Golden State. Is Ben going to do that? But he's going to be a screener a ton. Is he going to do that? What choice does he have? Kyrie needs a ball in his hands. I'm very interested to see him play for another team, too, because I feel like Sixers fans are like, he's stubborn, he doesn't listen to the coach, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, I'm curious to say, see if that was true or if he just like didn't like the Sixers organization and now he listens and does everything right on that team. I don't know. I don't know what it'll be. I don't know either. He gave, like, nothing at the press conference today. It was whatever. Um, but I don't know. He, he like, does scare me because he's really good. But I don't care. We got the better player. And Harden said he wants to be here. Yeah, he said he wants to, but, like, 
what, what's he supposed to say? You don't want to be here? Ben Simmons did not say those exact words in his press conference. Harden said, he he's, said, Harden said he always wanted to be here, even before Brooklyn. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like you said, what's he going to say? Oh, yeah, sounds great. So, <laughs> do the Sixers at least get to the finals? I don't want to answer that. They have the best duo <laughs> in the NBA. I don't want to answer that. The, I don't know. the East is wide open. I think one of seven teams in the East could make it to the championship. I think it's hard to say for the Sixers because Tobias has been good lately, but he's so wishy-washy. I feel like a lot of guys on the team are wishy-washy, really besides Maxi and Embiid. I feel like everyone else is like up and down that if you're having a bad day for all of them, we're going to lose. Well, everything's a seven-game series. I know, but like that's the thing. They go through street. They go up and down, up and down. I don't know. I don't trust them. I also don't want to be hurt. What do you think? Are they going to make it to the finals? No, because I think the Heat and the Bucks both match up too well against us with Drew Holiday and Giannis or Bam and Jimmy. And though each one of them, they're going to be the two teams that don't have to double and beat or Harden. Mm-hmm. Most likely and beat. But. Embiid's good. Embiid's going MVP. I don't want to jinx anything, but I sure hope so. He deserves it. He's dealt with so much, and he 100% deserves that. He's not getting a ring yet. I hope he does. But Okay, the Celtics trade Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, a 2022 top four protected first, and 2028 picks off of Derek White. Did you see that? Why? I'm sorry, I just have to pause it. They have this shot of the game, which they're showing like the best shots of the game right now. We're watching the Celtics and kill the Sixers right now. Oh my God, we're down by so much. Yeah, we're down by 43. <laughs> and they, they just showed the shot of the game. Guess who it's sponsored by? Who? Moderna. <laughs> get it? The shot of the game. I got it. <laughs> Kyrie wouldn't get it. <laughs> okay. I was expecting you to say alcohol of some kind. I know, that's, and that's why I was like, I just saw it and I see the top Moderna. That was really funny. Okay, you can go. <laughs> okay, so Derek White, we're actually watching him on the Celtics right now. Um, I mean, I think he's a huge upgrade over Josh Richardson. I think that was a great move for them. I was like, very... they needed the playmaker, which uh, White didn't really get to show how much of a playmaker he was in San Antonio because DeJounte Murray always has a ball in the sand. But. I mean, I think Derek White's good. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I think the Celtics are setting themselves up for a bigger move by getting another guy they could salary match. Who do you think they're going to get? I think they're going to get a sign and trade for Bradley Beal this summer. For who? Derek White and Marcus Smart and whatever picks they could offer and whatever. They have so many mid-tier salary contracts. I don't know how I feel about that. Because they're going to say, we're not getting Jalen Brown. We have all the leverage. Bradley Beal wants to come here. It's him and Tatum are boys. Oh, are they? Him and Tatum are from the same hometown. So they're like, even though there's an age difference, they're like inseparable to them. Well, Bradley Beal's going somewhere. Well, people are saying he's going to stay in Washington because Washington's going to get off on the five-year huge deal. I don't care. I think he should leave. Well, I think the Celtics set themselves up by acquiring Derek White as, oh, this could be a piece in a Bradley Beal sign and trade. Mm-hmm. Ooh, That's interesting, Steven. 
Is that what you're saving for the podcast to tell me? Yeah. Wow. So that's what I think. Um, I mean, I think that would be really good for them. They definitely have struggled this year, and they're doing better now. Yeah, they've won. They're about to win nine in a row. And I think 10 out of 11. I feel like the Sixers fall more than any other team. Like, everyone's on the ground the entire game. And someone's in Allen seats That's what happens when you wishy-washy. Okay. <laughs> you fall. The Pacers trade Tory Craig to the Suns for Jalen Smith in 2022 20, seconds. Don't have much to say about it. Tory Craig, I'm surprised he basically got no value for. That 2022 20, second is literally the dead last pick in the draft. So it's yeah. just the Suns have the best record in the league. And Jalen Smith, because the Suns declined his rookie option, they can't, the Pacers now can't pay him for more than what that rookie option was. So they can't pay him more than $4.7 million, which I know Jalen Smith is worth that. But the Suns drafted this guy in the lottery, picked him before Halliburton. They could have Halliburton, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker as a three goal lineup. And I said, they're going to take Halliburton. They're going to take Halliburton. And then they took Jalen Smith, declined his rookie option, now traded him for Tory Craig. But basically, this is what happens when you don't have a player's bird rights. They ended up having to give the money to JaVale McGee instead and let Tory Craig walk, and now they end up reacquiring him. But I'm interested to see how it plays out. Because now with Tory Craig's contract guaranteed next year too, the Suns are only $14 million below the luxury tax line, and DeAndre Aiden is a free agent, so he's going to get a huge deal. So, again, I'm just saying because I would expect the Suns, either way, championship or not, they're going to have to finagle some moves this summer to play cap gymnastics. Other than that, I don't have much to say. I mean, Tory Craig played the backup, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Tory Craig played the backup five for them last year after Darius Archer's ACL and they played small ball. But now they have JaVale McGee. So he's going to be coming back to a completely different role than what he was in before as a backup forward behind Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson. Here's one. The Wizards trade Montrose Howell to the Hornets for Vernon Carey, Ismith, and Boston's 2023 seconds. They gave him Montrose Howell for nothing. Essentially, knowing we're trading Dinwiddie as well, we only have Howell Neto and nobody else. We need another point guard. Let's swap Howell for Ish Smith. That's what the Wizards did. And the Hornets have needed a center for years. I thought they were going to get Harold in 2019 when he was a free agent, and they signed the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Then I thought they were going to give Rashawn Holmes last year. Now this year, I thought they were going to trade for Miles Turner. But instead of having to give up P.J. Washington or James Booknight or anything in the trade, they got Montrose Howell for essentially free. But I think it's kind of like... I prefer Miles Turner over P.J. Washington. I feel like, yeah, if you got one of those guys, your team is, again, on that next level of how good they could be. And, like, I don't think Montrose Harrell helps them. I mean... He th- helps them. They're the best transition team in the league, Lamelo. I know he's leading the league in transition assists. So he has the lob thread now in Montrose Harrell, who's going to go up. He can throw the alley too. It's going to be – Montrose Harrell is going to help the offense, but the offense are top five in the league. But the defense is 24th. So they need a guy – they needed a Miles Turner that could protect the rim. Yeah, I don't know. This is a weird one. And I feel like it's weird for the, Hornets the said, Wizards yeah. too because the Wizards are trying to keep Bradley Beal and make him happy and all that. And – I don't know. I don't get it. Well, one, they made this trade knowing they were going to pull Zingas, and that's the trade we're about to get that's to That's true, well. yeah. Okay, and they already had Daniel Gafford yeah. and Thomas Bryant, so they're like, do we really need four, these four sounds? 
I guess so. so. I don't know. Again, I just, I don't know. Maybe everyone's being really, like, tough this year. I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of these teams just could have done better. No, that's what happens when you have a lot of incompetent organizations, too. I gave the Wizards a C-plus on the trade, by the way. Now, speaking of the Wizards, let's talk about the Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Baton swap for Porzingis in 2027 seconds. I think it's hilarious that they had to give up a pick with Kristaps to acquire Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, who is a single-handedly worst contract in the NBA. Porzingis is that bad that they give up a pick for the opportunity to, f- to fucking acquire Bertans with Dinwiddie. For the Wizards... This is this is a trade where I don't know how both teams lost the trade, but they did. <laughs> because the Wizards Kristaps deal. He doesn't play. His knee that was young. He doesn't play. Yeah, like that's what I'm. He's missed the last I think like 15 games. He doesn't play. And the Mets said, "Okay, he doesn't play. We're winning without him. Why not get Dinwiddie and Botans?" Yeah. Guess. But, I mean, the, the Wizards, from the Mets' perspective, it's, hey, let's break up Kristaps' bad contract into two smaller bad contracts because it's easier to trade. Mm-hmm. So, again, the Wizards signed Dinwiddie, and then it became a disaster. Him and Bradley Beal didn't get along. Both of them wanted the ball in their hands. You knew they were going to trade Dinwiddie because him and Beal don't like each other. And, obviously, they're trying to appease Beal. So, they get off a guy who didn't fit with Bradley Beal at all, and they, didn't, they actively didn't like each other. And the worst contract in the NBA. You get off both of those. For, I guess, a flyer, because I suppose this, but it's a $32 million for the next three years, three years flyer. So, I mean, I want to right. say the, the Wizards won the trade because they got off of two guys that would appease Beal. But now they have this one huge, massive contract that might even be a bigger disaster. Yeah, I mean, literally, it could be someone that never plays. So, yeah, Chris Espozinus isn't enough to keep Bradley Beal in town, correct? No. If anything, he might push him further out. Yeah! <laughs> Is it um, pampering if you discuss these trades with your star players, or are they allowed to do that? Players can't get in trouble for tampering. So, yes, you could consult players on any trade. So, do you think they consulted Bradley Beal? Maybe. He probably said Batons is a zero. Like, he's been in DNPCDs. Yeah. And he's on that contract. At least Porzingis gives you a stretch fire that could sometimes be defense. I guess. Here's another really bad trade. The Rockets acquired Daniel Tice, who Brad Stevens loved. Brad Stevens overplayed him to the point where Danny Ainge traded him so he couldn't play him anymore. Then Brad Stevens becomes GM and trades for him back. Is that After funny? the Rockets give him a terrible three or four year deal, depending on his team option, at the mid-level exception, oh where he's getting way overpaid. So he gave up Dennis Schroeder and his free to Bruno Fernando. Schroeder, I knew they were going to get rid of because he's on an expiring and they didn't have his good rights, so they wouldn't be able to re-sign him. But to get Tice's three-year deal, $24 million total, I mean, who wants to pay Tice that kind of money, especially when you can be in the tax? Shooter, at least if you walk, you walked. I feel like it's very obvious. You could tell Brad Stevens is a rookie genius. I was just going to say that. That's so funny. You stole the words, like, literally out of my mouth. That's what you can tell. I mean, hey, if he likes them, he likes them. I don't know. I get it. He coached him. Whatever. 
he thinks that helps the team, then like, why wouldn't he do that? You know? And I think that's where it can because... get a little weird when you have someone who is a coach now as a GM, because clearly that makes a difference in who they trade for. If they already played for that. Yeah. But like Tyson's deal is rough. Like the Rockets were, the Rockets wanted to trade him after just signing because they knew they made a mistake signing to that long of a contract for that much money. And now the Celtics are going to be playing cap gymnastics, like I just said, mm-hmm. because they're going to be in the tax and no one's going to want to take Daniel Tice. I don't know. I'm not. Is Schroeder bought out? We sure hope so. I, I don't hope so, because the odds of him coming here are one out of like 16, because so there's 16 playoff teams. So. I don't want him to go to a contender. Unless he apparently he wants to go so back to the Lakers. I'd rather him stay there. I, I, think, he Houston, the, I think he will go to the Lakers too. Who's that? Drodrick Thomas. The Celtics have twelve guys on the roster because they trade them all away at the deadline. That's who they have now. I've never Drodrick seen that guy in my Thomas. life. He's only two way. <laughs> cool. I don't know who he is. Okay. The last trade again, nothing to say about Aaron Holiday from the Wizards to the Suns for cash. I know that to clear roster spots, but if you're training for Ish Smith because he's so desperate for point guards, why not take a flyer on Aaron Holiday the rest of the year? I don't know. I don't know why he was the odd man out out of all of them. Maybe he's a locker room problem. A holiday problem than a <laughs> locker room problem. He's a huge problem. Okay. Anything else? Who's your finals prediction? I don't want to. So said, that means it's the Sixers. No, it's, I just I don't want to speak on it. I just. What about the West? Phoenix or Golden State? I still think it's Golden State. I know that Steph has had like a little cold streak. Little thirty-seven percent from three is terrible. He is Steph Curry. I don't care. He is Steph Curry. He can turn it on in a second. He's having a cold streak. He'll turn it on in the playoffs. They'll be fine, and then they'll win. So I will pick Golden State. Um, the East? East could be one of seven teams. I feel I like, like I said on another podcast this year that I was thinking the Heat. No, but one seed. So I kind of want to stick with that. I'm not going to say the Sixers. I don't care. Um, I think it would be cool to see the Cavs, even though I'm not convinced that they're legit. But I think it could be really sick to see them make a – Crazy playoff yeah, run I think they're too the young. finals. Because all too. these teams, the Nets, the Bucks, the Heat, oh, the totally Celtics agree. are all so much more experienced. But I think I would totally support the that. Bulls. I think that would be sick if they made a really, really great playoff run. But I, I guess I'll stick with the Heat. I feel like I said beginning of the year that they have something special there. They have a ton of talent. They have great Hero coaching. figured it out. Yeah, I mean, obviously coaching's great. It just it seems like they have the pieces. And I feel like when they were in the finals before, a lot of people were almost like, how did they get here type of thing? Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. I don't think they were ready. And I feel like they seem like they're ready this time. And clearly Jimmy Butler wants to win. So. Yeah, I, I think it's either the Heat or the Bucks in the East for me, I think. Yeah. Okay. This concludes this episode of the NBA Go Podcast. Rain and review me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You said. Okay. Who'd you pick? I said the Heat or the Bucks are coming out. Okay. And then I'll go with Phoenix in the West. 
But okay, I only have 15 seconds left. Follow me on Twitter at the underscore and the eagle. Follow me on Twitter at Bird Rights Pod. Listen to the Bird Rights Pod. Rate and review wherever you get your podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you next episode. Bye.